Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Sportsfeld, Jake cut me off. We're going to do it again. Did not know you were <laughs> It is Sportsfeld. We have come to a conclusion to the thing that happened. The saga. The uh, the rundown. We're going to run the showdown quickly. Yeah. Uh, we have Kawhi heading to the Clippers. Danny Green going to the Lakers. We have Raptors signings. They weren't going to stand pat. Pick themselves up and dust themselves Come off. On. They're playing summer league. Uh, it's... Midterm time for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Home run derby is tonight. Definitely July sports time. Absolutely. It's funny, the Kawhi thing is sort of like the first day of summer, the, the <laughs> next day. Yeah. I was like, oh, right. There's the whole other thing. Uh, we have Maple Leafs, we're told. Don Cherry, a mailbag, sad, not sad. And much, much more. Look at that. On the way. That was so far the worst uh, rundown I've done, but also the best. Yeah. Well, it's the first in a way for us. Anyway, we also have an excellent guest this week. We do. We have from, from TSN. Covering NBA, CFL, 2018 Olympics, and the As Told by Essays. Mr. 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 Matthew Shinetti. No one needs to call me Mr. Good. That'll be the only time you get it. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Done. And even <laughs> excellent, I think, would be an, a bit of an overestimation. But thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You uh, you were on the street after, after they won the uh, Game 6. I will tell you that no experience in my life was as evasive to my personal space <laughs> as being on the street right at Dundas Square right after they won. And I love how the lasting clip on SportsCenter is they do the morning loop on SportsCenter and I believe Kara Wagland throws to me or they do this segment like, okay, we're going to check with Matthew Shinetti on the street and they cut one of my hits to basically where just people are jumping on me. <laughs> just like bodies flying. Um there's no training for that. There's no test. That was pretty much the experience in the bar, too, to be fair. Pretty much. Like not even on the street. I think everywhere in the I don't city think anyone is... Like, it's it's such a generational thing, literally, in this city, that I don't think anybody fully understood what was going to happen. So spontaneous body movements was to be expected yeah. by everybody. Yeah. It's crazy. So the slow decrease over the last three weeks of wah, our wah, wah. confidence in having Kawhi Leonard is at zero. Well, now it's a zero. Quite I think it's safe to say. I, I'm pretty confident he's not going back. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's, a fair, it's a fair assessment. It's a very fair assessment. But, but what if? No. But no, uh, he's gone home. 
He's yep. gone to the Clippers, which I'm as it seems retroactively like, quite happy about. Yes, and as it seems like he was always going to do. Can which, we just spare a moment and feel happy for the LA Clippers that the greatest moment in their franchise's history, and this is a franchise that's been long maligned, is getting Kawhi Leonard? Absolutely. Good for them. I would say to, be, new gimmick, to be fair, brings. I would also say that the greatest moment in Raptors history a year ago was getting Kawhi you know, Fair enough. But the way I, as much as, you know, I know you guys have referenced guys like Blake Murphy and I know Blake would will dig into the numbers and dig into all the lineups. I don't know if getting Paul George and putting him alongside Kawhi Leonard makes the Clippers in a highly competitive Western Conference the immediate favorite that everyone makes them it is not without risk it does seem like the like the top tier of the western conference is sort of like they're all sort of at this same level and i have no idea who's gonna win it and that's fantastic 100 percent. there is an interesting uh i'm glad you bring that up because there is sort of they immediately became the vegas favorites and i think a lot of people became their betting favorites sort of in their heads but Paul George is not like a guaranteed. He had no. a great year. He was a top three MVP candidate, but led the league. In, oh no, second in the league. In he's sport. had shoulder surgery. He's had knee surgery. He's had like he's had a lot of injuries and is about to turn thirty. It's not a guarantee. And they need more. And they three titles as here. the Raptors proved even last year. The Raptors got Kawhi and Danny Green. Went into the season with a very strong roster. Still need a dad, Marcus All to really solidify the whole thing. Still need 100%. Pascal to take that next leap. So they need. I'm not confident in saying that, especially in the Western Conference, which, as you say, is very competitive now, even for teams that no one's talking about, like Denver, I think are going to make a real push. And or and Portland, with now they have Lillard back, they get uh, Nurkic coming back. I am not convinced that the Clippers are... I mean, they could very well make the finals. With the, you know, in the playoffs, we saw Kawhi can make the difference. But are they... As strong as here's here, here's a here's a basic thought experiment right now. I want you to I want you to list off the top of your head memorable Paul George playoff moments. Uh, they all came against the Raptors when he was in Indiana, <laughs> and they still lost that. They st- Norman pa- and I still remember him after they lost Game Seven. Him praising Norman Powell mm-hmm. because Norman Powell shut him down. Yep. Right. So, at, listen, I'm a Paul George fan. I I own quite a few pairs of Paul George uh, his trademark sneakers. I do like them. However. Playoff P as he likes to mm-hmm. brand himself is non-existent. I'm not. I am not yet confident in crowning a team whose fifth best player is Lou Williams. Nothing against Lou, but like, Lou, come on. I, I, I can't wait for the reception and the reaction that Lou Williams, Lou Williams is. Lou Williams, what is this? Well, w- w- when he went ahead and basically said that, look, well, I, wa- oh I watched the 2014 Toronto Raptors. Okay, it was a, anyway, end of the end of the end of the every quarter. Lou Williams. Yeah, and then they made. But in the playoffs, that you need more. You can't put that on anyway. I'm not. I'm just. Well, I, you know, as, as Lou will I'm tell you, I'm not confident they're there. As Lou will tell you, Toronto's great for four months, and then you want to go home. So <laughs> anyway, Kawhi did go home. He did, and from the sounds of the or- or- orchestrations of the trade, it sounds like he was always going home. So fair enough. And perhaps he was always going to go home from the moment that he that he got here and his mind was dead set. And when you speak to the people who've been covering the Raptors all season, they have said consistently over and over again that they were getting no indication that Kawhi was changing his mind. He's a hard guy to read. However, the fact that this whole idea of the Raptors giving him a tough decision, I think Bruce Arthur wrote this in the Toronto Star, that that's maybe the best you could have asked for. Totally. You, you made it a very tough decision for him. And you think about... Alex McKechnie, the, the head of sports science and what he did for Kawhi and the load management and 
how they basically, without bending over backwards, how they basically kind of placated Kawhi as much as they could? I would say that Kawhi and the Raptors organization gave each other everything possible. And that Kawhi came here and he was known maybe that he wasn't coming back and he didn't really want to be here, but he still played his ass off and won a title. And then on the flip side, the Raptors took care of his health. They brought him back to being the superstar he is. And it's the greatest fling in NBA history. Yeah. And all, yeah. all sides benefited from it. He has, that was pretty much, in terms of just Kawhi, if you eliminate, that's pretty much the greatest one year turnaround of a guy's reputation I've ever seen in my life. And maybe yeah. a franchise's reputation. Because right? he played, totally. he played nine games. And if you look at the package that he was traded for versus the package that Paul George was traded for, Paul George is no Kawhi Leonard. Clippers no. are screwed and unbelievable life. trade. That's like, that's <laughs> the going price for a guy who is in that conversation. And the Raptors got him for a lot lot less. They paid, but they didn't mortgage their entire future. And they won a title. And they won a title. Like the whole th- I think obviously if they had lost the Warriors or lost the Bucks or lost the Sixers, this whole conversation is very different. It's very true. But they won the title. Like there's nothing more. And and what if Masai Ujiri does bend, bend and he's the one who makes that Paul George and he mortgages he mortgages yeah. the entire future, sends unprotected picks and the right to swap picks and Pascal Siakam and maybe OG, like all for Paul George. See, now I am of the opinion that that no matter what, that would never have happened. No, I, I, I feel I, like I, yeah. even calling, let's say even they do take the call and they say, OK, we'll take Westbrook's contract. And, and Messiah says, yes, we will do that. All Sam Presti is going to do is call the Clippers. Yeah. Like, okay, they're taking Westbrook, so 100%. you have to take Westbrook. And, so, it's, and it sounds like Kawhi, what, even if they make happen. that deal, yeah. Kawhi wasn't going to say anyway. So yeah. Yeah. He was able to, look, looking at back at it now and reverse engineering it and everything we convinced ourselves of and heard, the thing that came up a lot was that Kawhi was testing teams and their ability to not leak and their ability to stay quiet. And with that knowledge and hindsight, you have to stay bravo to the Clippers because yeah. not only did they make it, you know, they didn't leak, they made it seem like they were out. They right. made it. They made it known without making it known. Like they made it very clear they were they wanted Kawhi. They were on Kawhi. Lawrence Frank was coming to Raptors games all the time. Yeah. So it wasn't a secret. But the actual machinations of the deal were like when that happened, it was like out of nowhere. What? And the it was and crazy for the last week, basically all the talk was he's down to Raptors and Lakers. It does knowing that he was now knowing that he was calling half the league. And he I have was going I have to, to assume Rivers most house. of the leaks in the last couple of weeks were all the Lakers, which speaks to Pretty every impressive. reason why he well, didn't go that, to the Lakers. That speaks to everything Magic Johnson said about how dysfunctional the Lakers Absolutely. are, right? Pretty impressed by the Clippers, not going to lie. I also think... Greatest in week in Clipper, in Clipper history. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How could it not be? <laughs> but like, And also in the frame of Kawhi and Raptor fans, I think... The, I've seen a lot of being thrown around about how ruthless the whole thing was, which is true. But as Raptor fans, we just spent last summer being like, man, what a ruthless trade. That's amazing. When we trade Kawhi for DeMar, you can't say one is ruthless and it sucks and one is ruthless and it's great when it works out for you. Yeah, I said this on Twitter that the, the, a lot of the reaction kind of really crystallized to me the best and worst of Toronto sports fans, which often happens at every situation when it comes to Toronto sports. You know, you have fans, some fans implying that they're not going to wear their championship gear. Other fans saying he shouldn't have his jersey retired or any statue or anything. It's like, guys, this team is still the NBA champions. Like yeah. anything. And even if Kawhi had stayed for that one and one, there was a good possibility come 2020 with all with the majority of those contracts coming off the books and really Norman Powell being the only guy that you have signed long term that ultimately this was going to be a short ride anyway. Yeah, I think based on how it 
went down, Kawhi was only ever coming back for one more year if he was coming back at all. Which, fair. But I think, yeah, this idea that... you, I think because the Kawhi watch happened so quickly after the finals win, we weren't really able to bask in it. And I think that has lost perspective on some people because we weren't able to be like, yeah, we're champions. That being said, I also think it's just sports fandom in general to be like, oh, this guy left, so fuck him. And right. it's just... I get it, but it's also, but also it's stupid. Like we're champions. He gave us literally the only thing you play the game to do. I don't think Toronto sports fans have ever been mistaken for being all that rational anyway. So <laughs> fair point, but it is to your point, Jake, about the, the championship being the whole point. If you look at what the Clippers give up for Paul George, everyone says, well, that's a huge thing. You do it to win a championship. Yeah. Winning the championship is the whole point. And look, if, well said. if Kawhi go, win, if the Clippers win the title next year, and Kawhi brings a title in back-to-back years to the Raptors and the Clippers, he's, like, the fourth greatest player of all time. And like so, and, and okay, and, and and fair point. Especially, I think he would be the only guy, if he were to win another finals MVP, to win it on three, three different, different teams. teams. Yeah. Think about, what was it, the shot game four against the Sixers, right? That yep. shot at the elbow mm-hmm. over the three. Embiid. Um, game seven, game, game three and four in Milwaukee. Think about all those moments when you trying to deal with your emotions about Kawhi leaving because if any of those moments go the other way nothing of what transpired the magical run to the championship nothing happens and to that point I think a thing that is making this difficult because I, it, I had this thought a couple times as well even though I'm fine with it is that the run that we just experienced was special and fun and maybe as a Raptors fan literally once in a lifetime but it was all those memories like I got to watch this run with, like, my fiance before this didn't give a shit about sports. Got She got super into it. We got to experience the Raptors winning a championship together. We got, I had friends who never gave a shit about sports and got to experience this. And we had this great, amazing time. Like, what Ennis was saying when he came on the show about community and what it did for the city and the country in some respects and all that. That doesn't go away. That still happened. And Kawhi is the reason for it. And so I think you can't – I get there being disappointment that next season those emotions and those experiences probably don't happen. And I get that. But f- it still did. You know what I mean? Like so it's – 15 million people may never watch a single sporting event in this country ever again. Yeah. It's possible. Right? It's yeah. half the fucking country. Okay. And and but, and but let's also in, – in, with just a, real, a sprinkle of optimism, who knows how good Pascal Siakam can actually be. The Raptors are a three seed right now. Who, who knows how good OG Ananobi could end up being if okay, and this is this is obviously trying to calculate whether or not Kyle Lowry and Marcus All stay and Serge Ibaka stay for the duration of the season. But if they do, this is still a very competitive team yeah. in the East, right? So don't, I think, don't I think sleep you, on the Raptors. They're, they're, they're not championship quality. I, I get it, but don't sleep on. Them. I think you can make a very strong case that they are the third or fourth best team in the conference right now i don't disagree so we do move forward danny green by the way also left yes where do you go danny yeah thanks uh, danny um we move forward that leaves your your whole and small forward and shooting guard filled now by stanley johnson ronda hellis jefferson we have uh, terrence davis and we're hearing pat mccall will be back so there's bodies a lot of those guys have similar qualities in that they are plus defenders who cannot shoot a lick it does they are it's going to be the strategy going they're forward. also all very much Ujiri Webster 
type guys, like this young guys a, yeah, who kind of crashed player out. development test. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I'll give you guys a bit of insight. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to go into what is now called the OVO Center, but the great great thing about the way that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster operate is they, when they did an orientation, they took the media through the entire facility and they brought us into their war room and their war room has this enormous tablet basically situated on a table with constantly movable depth charts, right? Iterations of lineups that they have, they have pondered in their heads, right? Ways to, and that actually, and I could be getting this wrong, but actually factor in the, the, the salary cap, the luxury tax, and so that they can plug and play pieces. And obviously they're going to, they didn't show us what their, you know, everything <laughs> on their depth chart looks like, but the, but the concept being that they, that all of these moves that you've seen weren't by accident. Right. Right. That, that, that Bobby Webster and Messiah Mas- Jury have, this was their contingency plan that they knew that they had scoped out the landscape. And if, if Kawhi wasn't coming back, they had already probably earmarked some of these guys to say, our, the personality of our team will be defensive. There will be a lot of energy. We're not going to be scoring as much or, or moving as with a kind of deadly purpose on the break as we did in the previous season, but we're still going to be incredibly tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, like, these guys aren't, like like you said, they can't shoot. Like, Hollis Jefferson shoots 22%. Stanley Johnson shoots 30% from threes. They're not... There, I saw someone call them a no three and D guys, which I think is, <laughs> I think is accurate. But Stanley Johnson was was an eighth overall pick like four years ago. A bad pick like, though. But a bad eighth overall pick. But you can sure. I'm not saying he's an eighth right. overall guy. You can be but like Darko was a third overall pick. I guess so. But I still think it's yeah. very Ujiri to like say, okay, let's totally. see. Totally. It's, it's what we call in baseball a post-hype sleeper. <laughs> yeah. 23 and 24, these guys, it's tractable ages. You're right. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to put. I'm not going to say he's going to develop into yeah, an eighth overall it's, it's pick. It's hard but. to put. You want to keep that line of like you trust the player development, but you also don't want to put too much on Stanley Johnson. No. And like, and if the goal of this if year gives you twelve good minutes, fifteen good minutes, you're, you're you're happy. And if the goal of this year is to be sort of transitional and you know make a run at the three four seed, if they decide to keep all the vet guys, and you know the, these are the kind of signings you make to do that, with the knowledge that that's probably all they're going to get you. Very interesting year coming up, I think, for the fan base. Yes, because I'm curious because your tone is a hundred percent correct. You're both very very right that. Three, four seed, but like, what does a fan base that had just won a title, like, what is it going to take to care about anything really this year? I'm curious because everybody sort of knows what the ceiling is, and that I think one of the side effects of winning the title is getting a glimpse of what an elite talent and what championship talent looks like. And now that you know what it is, we all sort of know that this isn't it. There's always going to be regression to the mean, right? And and for sure, the way I see the atmosphere inside. The Scotia Bank is going to be different from outside because it's it's long been the perception that the real Raptors fans are the ones that kind of sit outside, the ones in Jurassic Park, the ones on the message boards, the ones always engaging in the team. And I think for the most part, they will understand what this team is. Now, how you market the team is going to be different. Right. It's going yeah. to be great to market those jerseys with that lovely championship, you know, little tab that they have on the back that the NBA does. And I believe they also do like an actual with they'll have those commemorative jerseys for the first game with the Larry O'Brien. Like everything's going to be good from that perspective. But I don't know if there's going to be a dip inside Scotiabank because they're not like the circus is gone. Like the circus isn't in town anymore. And now you're going to have to watch a lot of players gritting it out every night 
And this is going to be real. This is now going to be a real test of Nick Nurse's coaching abilities. We saw a tremendous amount of what he did in playoff situations. You know, besides boxing one, um, but this is going to be a real test of of how he kind of fits all these pieces and doesn't have that transcendent talent that he can just put out there in in certain situations. Yeah, I'm, I feel I feel like I agree with you. Like in the building, the Raptors have always sold well. The Raptors have been dog shit and sold well. Like they. But the tickets are not going to be as what they were. That's They're going to be a little more expensive now. That is true. I am curious if they will have a little bit of what's going on with the Blue Jays. And that obviously it's different because they won. But the Jays fan base who wasn't accustomed to success had 2015 and 16. And now they are what they are. The Raptors aren't going to be that bad. So there is a little bit of difference there. But I wonder if the um, casual fan base will start start to not necessarily turn on the team, but if the great groundswell of 15 million people watching a game, I mean, obviously that will go down, but if it will revert to, you know, 2017 or if it's going to be like the Bosch Bargnani years. Well, I, you know, it's funny because I do remember that Milwaukee series because I covered it in 2017 and I distinctly remember there being, it was different because this one momentum had built up the previous year. They got to the Eastern conference final and they're, they're facing Milwaukee. And that first, usually those first games, those Raptors runs in 2015, 2016, like you could feel the energy in the building. It was, it was pulsating even 2014. Um, but it was like, almost like they were expecting success. They were expecting, Mm -hmm. okay, we, we need to get to that next step. Okay. So they've got, we saw the energy obviously in all those key moments that I've already mentioned and every, every little bell that had to be hit on route to winning a, a championship. I think there will be an emotional letdown. It's only it's only natural. I mean, they're only everyone's only a human being, and sports fans being as fickle as they are, especially in this city, there is going, I believe, going to be a bit of a an emotional dip. However, I still think Masai Ujiri has got a couple moves up his sleeve. So I'm not again, I'm not implying that there's going to be some huge, you know, Kawhi Leonard S trade. But I think if he if he feels this team can compete, especially in the East, I don't put it past Masai and Bobby Webster to do something. I expect a, a Gasol deal at the very least. A hundred percent. That's the one that makes sense to me. Yeah. But if they go the other way and they're not good, yeah. well then remember the one thing Masai has won a championship. He's, he, he's traded away with the face of the franchise. He's added his own coach. The one thing he hasn't done is a full rebuild. And, if, and, and if, he had it pegged basically the entire time. Well, remember, if yeah, 2014, if, we're ready. Right? If the Knicks accept Kyle Lowry, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, everything is different. Um, and you know maybe they get maybe they take Andrew Wiggins, which is ugh. well, please don't, <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> anyway, um, but that's the one thing Masai hasn't done yet. Masai has not done the full rebuild, and I he is a as ruthless and as pragmatic um, a sports executive as I have interacted with, and he has as we have seen obviously with Demar, he has no emotions. He, he you know he he's great. He loves the fact they'll have a championship ring, but he he wants more and very Machiavellian of him. He will do whatever he can. To Absolutely. go ahead and build more power. Now, we talk about that ruthlessness when you talk about the NBA, but does that, doesn't there have to be a line somewhere? Don't you have to be like, are you, ha- are you calling line Kyle Lowry? Can you, can you really trade Kyle Lowry before opening night, before he gets his ring? Can you really do that? No. Because, like, what's. I mean, yes, but no. Because uh, <laughs> even, even to that point of ruthlessness, like, how much are you gaining? He fired a coach before he that coach won but coach they, of the but year. But now they have <laughs> one, right? It's different. Yeah. Coach of the fair. year and losing in the first round fair, versus. Fair enough. Fair we enough. just won a title. Fair enough. You know? I, d- and what's I don't the value think. Between? I don't think he will. Yeah. I think he. If there's a guy who, w- who would, 
Like if a deal came on the table, yeah, that was like we can become a title contender. We gotta give up Kyle Lowry. But I also not sure that deal exists. Kyle Lowry right. is getting older, but he is still a premium player at a weak position in the league. I wonder what the fan reaction would be. I mean, I I really do because Kyle. I think it depends on the return. I, I think I and I think you're right because, and and we're. I'm speaking purely in the emotional sense here, not in the obvious X's and O's depth chart sense, but Kyle Lowry has grown into his credit. He's done a lot to become literally the face of the heart, the soul, the face, whatever adjective you want to use. He's the greatest Raptor of all time now. And that's, that's simply up. That is, that is a definite debate to have. Um, But I think if you're Maasai, if there's a way that for that you can see whether getting picks or, you know, multiple team trades, to benefit this team going forward, his line has always been, we will win in Toronto, we have won in Toronto, and we will continue to win in Toronto. And like last year, there were there was like three weeks there where everyone was pissed about the Kawhi trade. Oh, I'm was well a, aware of that. There was a lot of like, can't believe the trade DeMar, like he doesn't want to be here, blah, 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 blah. And Masai said, okay, but we have Kawhi Leonard, basically. And that was the correct answer. So I do think if he were to trade Kyle Lowry before opening night, which I don't think he will, but if he were, there would still be that reaction, and Masai's reaction would still be tough shit. He's not sentimental the, at all. No. And the reaction, I think, would be somewhat justified. I don't believe that he's not sentimental at all. I think he's, I think he's ML, but he, like he knew, but he, but he will do it. I, he will, I, I don't know how you can he will watch him winning. watch Kyle lift that trophy and be he like, will, eh. But he'll rank winning no, over sentimentality. I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not talking about, and I'm, and I, again, I go back to the, I, the term I use and being Machiavellian, he will go ahead. If he looks at this whole cloth and says, this is how we can win based upon the moves. And I'm, I've thought this through, then this is what we're going to do. He could have made moves around DeMar and around Kyle and, and said, okay, we're going to give it one more shot. Now that LeBron's out of the East, right? He could have done that, sure. but, he, but he said, no, to your point, obviously no one had that visceral expression on their face that literally you could read his lips say, wow, as 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 Lowry's lifting the O'Brien Larry O'Brien trophy, like Ujiri did in Oakland. I still think that he's the kind of guy. I'm not calling him a prick. I'm not calling him anything other than the fact that Pragmatic. Pragmatic. <laughs> should have been the executive of the year. Yes. Yeah. Um I just think if if he sees an opportunity, he's going to take it. I will say this on fan reaction to Lowry or a Lowry trade. Mm -hmm. DeMar was tough for the fan base, but easy to swallow because it was for Kawhi Leonard. Right. If Lowry is traded for a piece to contend this year, everyone will get over it. If Lowry is traded for a rebuilding trade, that will be a tough one. It'll have to be a rebuilding trade. Yeah. but Who who is is acquiring Kyle Lowry and getting rid of a star? So it would be tough. The, 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 I've thought about this. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't see any team. That he makes like to, thirty million dollars. He's yeah. thirty-four years yeah, old. Yeah, it's and just true. like not going to happen. Yeah, no one's going to go ahead and say, "Yeah, here's uh, here's an unprotected pick," and you know. Yeah, and ultimately, what this what this run proved again is you want to win the title, have the best player yeah. on the floor. But like basically, they did that every series, and that's what carried them to the NBA is a star-driven league. Yeah, stop. And nobody's you saw the price for Paul George, and he's not even elite. I don't. I just don't see. It. I hope. I hope if if you are going to trade Lowry, which I'm okay with, eventually you can't do it before opening day. That's just. Insane. I agree with that. I also think Masai might try to swing for the fences again. Marcus, all I can see being traded. There is that other side, right? There's the side of like, it, yes, we are assuming that Inanobi will improve, and we don't know what Siakam's ceiling is. But you have to also factor in that Lowry 
and Ibaka and probably Gasol. There's a couple guys that you think are probably going to get a little worse, right? Yep. It's not the whole team isn't about to. Yeah. Well, here's a question I have for both of you: Is Fred Van Vliet ready to be the? We're about to find out, baby. I I don't know. Genuinely, that is sort of the fun of the year. We have the Van Vliet question. Uh, I really want to see Ananobi. I really want to know what that is because there's an intriguing piece there. And and have we seen the ceiling on Norman Powell? We know he can play the Bucks really well. This is the year. (laughs) We we know we we know that he has that one week every year where he's the best basketball player on the planet, and then the rest is kind of a question. I go back. I go back to that 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 moment when Paul George gave him so much props in in 2016, and, and you think about those key moments in that series, and and yet since then. There hasn't been, I mean, there's been injuries, obviously, but there hasn't been consistency for for uh, for Norman Powell. So I, I I really want to see him. I want to see if he's got more to give. I'm just going to throw a name out there. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's probably not. But I'm Why just going to Go say ahead. in February, it would not surprise me if Bradley Beal is on the Toronto Raptors. Wow. Whoa. Wow. It's an expiring contract. It's a guy who can take a team to the next level in a conference that's not decided. Is that with or without Kyle Lowry? With. The team? Okay. I'm saying I'm suggesting basically adding Beal and, to the and, existing and, well, roster. and that and the you Wait, know, taking for, Bradley Beal out of the toxic for, environment that is the Washington Wizards and away from picks, John Walls. Maybe for Norman Powell, maybe for OG Ananobi. I'm I'm just saying. I don't think I, he I don't think Masai gives up OG. I don't, if, I don't if he, think that's the move. He's not like what what where what tier do you have Bradley Beal at as a as a player in the league? Bradley Beal will tell you he's he's in that top tier, but he's. Not. I would say he's not as far off from Paul George as people think. Okay, but you have to. But Paul George was added to Kawhi, right? We're, yeah. No, no. I, I. Yeah, I can see why Bradley Beal. I'm just the thing has changed now. Where if you're just change making moves, if you're just making moves to go from four to second without like. Right. That's fair. That's sort of where my head fair. is. Like that's what I with the, ca- Why with the Lowry trade. It's like if you're going to move, just eat it for two years and then take a run at someone if like you're Giannis going up instead. two slots. Like what are you really doing here? Yeah, it's got to be a way to get a superstar. Do you put yeah, Bradley Beal on fair. the same platform as CJ McCollum? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, but I also don't think like the Blazers are going to win the title. But the Blazers, but, but CJ McCollum's also not is also the Blazers' number three guy. That very, very, very true. But that's a that, but, you know can be a good NBA year. It is. It's gonna be fun. The like expectation. We spent like ten years of certainty in the NBA. The West is gonna be great. The West is always so fun to watch in the regular season. And the regular season is gonna mean nothing. It's gonna be amazing. LeBron's gonna play like twenty games. So is Kawhi. And I always and I always love every time (laughs) we get to like Christmas Day and everyone's talking up James Harden and then nothing gives me more pleasure than watching him just remind (laughs) everybody who James Harden really is in the playoffs. Speaking of Christmas Day, do the Raptors still get a game? They better. I think so. I think you. I think at this point. If you're the NBA, you if you're reigning you NBA you champion, Raptors Clippers, you might you might go Clippers. This is the old Blake, as Blake would say, "Why give away a premium game?" But yeah, that's going to be a big game no matter when. True. Uh, you might that might be when I do Raptors Bucks. I don't know. Anyway, um, gonna be a really good NBA year. I can't yeah. remember a year where I had less assurance as to who was going to win the title. It I I feel like the last even no it's even the year when like the in 04 when the Pistons won everyone thought the Lakers it was still that was a surprise but it wasn't. A certain like the Lakers were the certainty, and then it was a surprise. So I'm trying to think of the last year where it was sort of it's been a long this ass wide time. open. It's been a long ass time. Yeah, well, again, it, it all has to do with when dynasties fall, right? Yeah, well, that usually corresponds with Spurs, when dynasties Heat, when dynasties fall. There's a sea change. So it's good stuff. We switch gears tonight. The big boys are cranking homers. That's right. Jigs love dingers. You gotta love the long ball, baby. Um, <laughs> our Blue Jays are a little past the halfway point. Um, 
most people, I think, in their right minds, have watched less Blue Jays games than ever before. Yeah. Which is, you are totally true. valid to do. I'm not one of those people. I've seen far too many games, but uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. Um, here's the thing. They've sneakily been pretty fun for the last two weeks. I'm sneaky, gonna, sneaky, they can hit. I mean, Guriel might be a thing. Guriel, I think Guriel is a thing in the outfield. Uh, Kevin Biggio is a pleasure to watch every day. Yes. Pleasure to watch every day. Do you think that they... The Jays have, and I and I kind of watch the Jays out of the corner of my eye. It's the do best you, way to do it. Do you do you <laughs> see the 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 long term plan with the prospects? Do you see it? Do you see a path forward yet? I can see the I can see the hitting. I can see I can see you know Guerrero being comfortable basically for the next ten years, and I can see now that I've seen BGO playing, I'm, he's going to stick at the level. He just he has the demeanor where nothing really gets him rattled. Uh, I'm a believer in Guriel. Chase rate. Absolutely. He doesn't, he knows the strike zone and which is hard to do at the major league level. And, and, um, for as much as they have a team full of like wild young guys who are really intense and they swing really hard and he's the exact opposite of that. And it stands out. And I think that makes him going forward, going to be a really important piece. There's just baseball teams. It's just so many guys. Well, we talked about this last week. It takes so many guys. Even if all these guys hit, there's still 20, there's still 20 guys left. So it's very hard. I can see. I can see um, also like maybe swinging some moves. Like maybe Guriel is a showcase and move. Maybe Teoscar Hernandez is you play him in center field and move him. There's a lot of movement still to go. If you want to take it back to like the Raptors sort of colliery, they're just past their they're coming up on their Rudy Gage rate is how I feel. Yeah. Wow. So we're in 20, we're <laughs> 2013 still, Raptors yeah. right now. 100%. They're, they're a long way away. Yeah. They're a long way away. Um, I think the I think the we talked this last week a little too, but the dream or the idea that, you know, we'd suffer through 2017, 2018, and then in 2020, things start coming together. I think that's not push happening. that. Like, well, there's not, baseball is a very interesting timeline. I always think about what the what the Astros did, right, in, in, in kind of their timeline. But they went, they try to accelerate it by being really bad and yeah. then mm-hmm. accumulating a ton of picks, a ton of prospects, uh, and then have built some kind of sustainability. Um, I think that there's... And, 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 and I take a look at, we, we, we talked about the fan base here and, you know, being in, in sports media and, and seeing it from different perspectives, seeing attendance and seeing um, TV ratings and seeing all of that. I think a longer timeline will hurt given the investment that Rogers Media has put in. And I'm not, again, full disclosure, no, I'm not saying that because they're a main competitor of the network <laughs> I work for. Um, but uh, I just think there's going to have to be, and that's why I, I, I was asking you, because I, I think there needs to be a crystallized timeline because you you can't have 9,600 people to or 12,900 people you know, consistently in the Rogers Center, like they've got it. They've got it. They, they kind of did it for fifteen years uh, again. But this is this is now the, they're now owned by a, a a media company that is invested heavily in hockey for the next seven years, where all of their all of those properties aren't doing are doing aren't doing very well, right? So this is going to be prospect driven. This is going to be there is I don't foresee a huge splash or a big trade or like this is going to be and that that timeline can either you know be relatively quick or can be a lot longer. Yeah, they're not about to acquire a star. I would no. say that's that's a guarantee. Like they're gonna hope, they're gonna hope to spin Giles and probably Stroman into 
four or five pieces and hope that two of those pieces they don't keep trying to do that right when they, does that trade happen because like that in the next the, two weeks it's, weeks, it's yeah. coming deadline's yeah. what 31st yeah because no that Stroman that thing has been one of the most fascinating things this season I mean you're right the Jays when the Jays win they're fun to watch when yeah. they lose it's, it's like brutal. it's brutal they either beat teams and, and look great or they lose and it's terrible Stroman's a much, much tougher asset to assess than I think we think he is yeah I could see him being a guy who I could see it going either way, you know. Like I could see him getting traded to a competitor, and you—he's either going to, and either being like, "Oh wow, this guy's way better than we thought he was," or being like, "Wow, he's like, maybe he was the guy on a bad team and in a good system for him, and then just getting fucking shelled." It's I, hard. I, I genuinely don't yeah. know. What he's a hard one to look at objectively because we we had that we had him as sort of a savior when he was rehabbing that injury in 2015, and then he. Really looked like he took a step back, and now he looks like he's back to his form. But he's always sort of battled injury, and and I know that there is a very large and sizable and and reasonable fa- size of fan base that says extend him and bring him back. And I totally get it. But part of me is also like we're not super far off from him having two pretty bad years in a row. Yeah. And going into his eight, like are you gonna lock? You're locking him up through thirty five. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like I can not that I'm advocating against it, but I can see why. It isn't as much of a slam dunk as some people want to say that it is. I agree, but I also think that you know, looking at him and Ken Giles, who is, I think, much more of a surefire hit. But it's just like, at what point? I know where they're far away, but at what point do you just decide to keep good players? Right, for sure. I, I don't think Giles. I, I agree with that on, on Stroman, but I can see why you wouldn't be super eager to lock him up for the next five years. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, that's all. They should extend him, but. <laughs> just for that very window. If the window is 2022, that, he should still be a part of it. That's it, right? And, but if the window is, you know, 2025, 2026, then... Right. This could be quietly telling you that the window is much farther away than you think it yeah. is. Baseball money is, we're, as we're seeing with Bryce Harper, though, baseball money is is funny money, man. Yeah. Especially tying now, Lee, Lee doesn't want to pay anybody, so... Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. I think he'll get traded somewhere and then re-up with that team. That's my prediction. What yeah. Happened to Stroman. He'll go to, like, the Yankees and they will J.A. hap him up. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Um, 34 and 57, man. That's actually somehow not as bad as I thought they were. They're very close to an 100 loss team. That's very, they're going to need a little run here. And they're not the worst team in the division. They're not. They're, and they're not even really close to being the worst team in the league, which is the the reality of the Houston approach is that it, it is less feasible now than it was yes. a short while ago because now every team is like, oh, we can just tank for picks. 10 teams tanking for picks means someone's going to be 10th overall pick. Um, <laughs> boy. But now it's summer. Here's the thing about the Blue Jays is now. Now, now you, don't you even, can go. You don't even have care. a reason to care about your phone. Kawhi's done. It's true. The Raptors' moves are going to be tax threshold wing guys who can't shoot. And the Jays are into that part of the year where like nothing matters. You can just go sit in the sun and watch a baseball game. I was going to say that leave. the only reason you're going is because you want to just yeah. be in the sun yeah. at the ballpark. I'm watching baseball and then be like, okay. Anyway, I have a good feeling about a show from Vladimir Guerrero today. I think he's going to have a yeah, good Yeah, I think evening. he's going to hit some baseballs. Um, and when he's looked good, he's looked really. And you know what I do love watching? You know, his dad would always just swing at everything at the plate. But watching him and him learning his craft at the major league level at the plate yeah. has been been pretty good to watch. He uh, the reason I have faith in his home run derby ability is his ability to his like. BP is just- yeah, I mean, all those guys are going to have good BPs, but he has a way of um, it just sort of clicks. You sort of see it in three point shooters, where like once he gets the range mm. it's just like it becomes like a metronome where he just sort of right and he, does, he doesn't really have to muscle up and like 
really overdo himself to hit home runs. He really naturally flicks them. So I have good faith that he'll have a good. Maybe he won't win it, but I think I hope he does. I think it'd be in the I first think round. Be, he we might like kind of touched on this last week. I think it'd be good for him yeah. and his career if he had a good show tonight, and then just like can kind of take that. Focus on the rest of the season. I give him props for doing it. Like yeah. I give yeah. him props for, for a twenty year old to step up and say, you know what. I grew up on this stage. Watch my dad. I'm not. I'm not overawed by his shadow. I'm not overawed by what this competition means. How it's the centerpiece of. It really is a centerpiece of All Star Weekend. I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna hit some dingers. I love it. Great fun. Vince Carter moment, perhaps something mm. like that. Yeah, I think he maybe maybe he doesn't win it, but I think in one of his early rounds he'll, he'll hit like twenty, and they'll be like, ooh, damn. And you know the ones he hits are gonna go effortless bombs so far. Effortless Goodbye. bombs. Um, more Toronto sports news just rolling in yeah uh, the guys who were traded into this city last time we talked have been extended four years 14 million for Alex Kerfoot and one year 4.5 million for Cody CC. Uh, Cody CC, everybody I follow that talks about hockey is pretty sure Cody CC is bad yeah so <laughs> uh, I was in I was sure in anyone be like ah I wouldn't dare watch I, I, I was in Ottawa last yeah. last week and uh, yeah they're, 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 they're glad he's not there anymore <laughs> Yeah, is, that's good. what I heard from Ottawa fans this weekend as well. <laughs> that's how you know it's a good trade because these fans were happy to get rid of uh, Zaitsev. Yeah. But when both teams are like, thank God that guy's gone, that's how you know you At least CC's trade. only a year and then it's like, okay. Yes. Um, boy, Alex Kerfoot, though, is sticking around. I mean, he's four years. a young guy. He could be something of a thing. I don't know. It's hard to say, right? It really is. I can sit here and say that I love the Colorado Avalanche because that would be false. And also, I, like... <laughs> Evaluating the bottom six on an NHL team when you're, it's just like maybe some of them could be sure. It's so it's so funny when looking at the Leafs and we 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 talked about this just a little bit with with the Raptors. I haven't watched the Leafs. I, I mean, I don't cover them as much as I used to, but I watch quite a bit. To me, they still like. I I know they can score goals, and that doesn't matter to me. And hockey in February is very tough to watch, <laughs> but. I still want to see how all these pieces fit into a Babcock system in which Babcock can actually adapt and change. And it's not just about, okay, boys, just work harder tonight. I am. I think that's the question, right? Is it can, I think this year is going, assuming Marner comes back, which I'm, we'll get to that. But I think this is going to be the year where that question of can a Babcock system exist on a Dubas team? And yep. it's, and are those two, I have no idea if there's actually a rift between them. And frankly, I don't give a shit. But like, are those two from a philosophical hockey standpoint diametrically opposed? Well, there was always that question that rumblings around because Dubas is so invested in analytics and quite intelligent in terms of how he looks at the game from a numbers perspective. And because Babcock is, you know, always been kind of considered that kind of institutional guy who's all about, you know, okay, boys in the corners, let's sticks on the ice, get in front of the net bodies on bot. Like I still, I want to see that moment that we've seen out of the Bruins that we saw, definitely saw out of the, of the blues where he, he adapts and he changes because of the situation, knowing the talent that he does or he doesn't have. And there's no doubt of what Mike Babcock is, but regardless of the talent that they bring in or they try to insulate, whether it's the top six, whether it's, you know, your top three or four defensemen, it's going to come down. This is a really important year for Mike Babcock. I know we haven't even touched on Marner, but this is a huge year for Mike Babcock. Absolutely. If they crash out again, he's gone, I think. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, we can touch on Marner. Marner is still at large. 
He's signing. I feel like I feel confident he's signing, but I also was on record saying Kawhi was coming back. So that's I'm fair. Pretty dumb. I feel like I'm on. I'm on actually national television saying that Kawhi was coming back. So I'm <laughs> so okay. You fair know enough. what? I, I think I we all it. we all got a little full. <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't know. Marner's the whole thing is kind of funny to me in the sense that like the fan opinion of Marner is either he's the greatest winger of all time, bring him back, but also he's not worth more than $8 million. It is without, without a doubt the worst part of Leaf fandom yeah. has come out in this martyr. Absolutely. It uh, happened almost like, <laughs> almost too predictably that it makes me sad. Yeah. Because people are like, fuck him now, which is like, fuck him now, but, but also, super but also he's so good and we need him, but Just also like, the like team and scoring underpaying. Like but I also, yeah. I, this is the one negotiation I want to hear because everything that Kyle Dubas has said in the media, he said he's a superstar. He, he, he is, he has said every word and spoken to every important element that Marner brings to the Leafs that an agent wants to hear in negotiations. So where is the stalemate? When does he, like, what, what, no, no, like, how does he aggressively analyze Mitch Marner and basically say, well, we're not going to pay him this? I mean, last year with Nylander, it was Nylander's camp was, had a large ask and Dubas wasn't willing to fully meet it. I assume this is the same situation. But this is now legitimately Marner can ask that and, you know, yeah. he's going to get it. I mean, is he going to get, though? Like, he is. I, I agree. I do think he's a superstar. But he's also a winger. And, you know, Austin Matthews can command $11 million as a superstar center. I feel like a superstar winger maybe can't. They're just, there's just more of them. And and on the so other side, and, and, and on the other side of it, because we're at that threshold, and I don't know how many picks it would be, but we're at that threshold because he's at the he's at the top half of of what would an, an offer would be. Does he really want to go to a team that's going to basically mortgage his entire future to give him? That is the, that is the question yeah. for me. Yeah, like it, it, I don't I don't necessarily like that's the rock in the hard place. It's like Dubas has got to pay a lot of money, and Marner doesn't want to go to a really really crappy team. Yeah. That's the bluff. That's the bluff that they're that they're assuming is called right. That any team that offers sheets you is going to be worse than we are. That we are a lot worse. A lot. I think it's fair to say that the Leafs are in the top tier of the league right now. Yes. And then, like, even if it's Montreal who are on their way back up, they're still like nowhere even close to where the Leafs are right now. And then the question I think for Dubas is, you know, we just did the whole rebuild thing. Do we want to get a bunch more picks and? pause this a little bit and go again. so I it's and how would Babcock feel about that yeah Babcock he basically he lived through well, this entire city lived through that horrible year before Austin Matthews came that's right and does he want to go ahead and say okay well now I'm in my fifth or sixth year of this contract okay let's do this again um I don't think so I think Marner signed before opening night I think that is the big takeaway from Nylander was to get it done before games are played. Yeah. Because even Nylander came out and was like, well, that sort of screwed me. And I regret <laughs> it. They, both sides said they regretted it. Yeah. Right. Both sides were very candid and like that wasn't great for our season. I can't see learning that lesson and coming forward and being like, well, let's wait until whatever it is, December again. Yeah. I, I wonder what kind of conversation Nylander had with his reps and his dad after the fact. It's like after this another whole, dad and reps situation, <laughs> right? It's always it's I, now. I'm uh, <laughs> the the world of hockey and hockey parenting and all that. Far I'm far be it for me to go ahead and 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 give my opinions on fathers and sons, but as I think, you know, sometimes it's great to have the boat away from the dock in some situations. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Very well put. 
I think that I think that more or less sews up our Maple Leafs talk. Do we, I think do we, so. Do we actually think? I guess Matt, the question is: Do you actually think a offer sheet is coming? No, because so Rashi Naho got the, one. Yeah, and the, and it fucked them. a bad one. And that's it. Yeah, but that was and that, you know, and that was a weird play by Mark Bergevin. S- super weird. Like apparently, he also offered one to Point, and he didn't sign it because Braden Point wants to stay. I think Braden Point is a better comparable. Than Aho because Braden Point wants to stay with Tampa. Bay. Like I don't understand how Sebastian Aho's, Aho's agent didn't go to Mark Bergevin and say, "Okay, um, we have we have a we have a sense that the 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 Canes are going to go ahead and meet to this threshold. You might want to go ahead and push it yeah. to yes. this." I don't know why they why they Aho would even have signed that. No, I do. I, and and Canes got a gift. And and for him to walk into that locker room now with Rod Brindamore after saying after Mark Bergevin said, Oh yeah, well Aho wants to be here. That's why he that's why he's okay with this offer sheet. Um and knowing the kind of culture they try, they've tried to build in uh in Carolina. But as a quick aside, you know, and obviously watching all the coverage uh on on free agency, knowing that had they tried to offer that map that offer sheet or anything more, it would have cost them their entire gate revenue for, for last Jeez. season. Wow. That that was what the the, the scuttlebutt was. Uh, yeah, it's it's it shows you how thin the margins are in those fringe hockey markets. Yeah, I think the only one I, I can see somebody because the Maple Leafs cap situation is they're they're fairly tight. I can see someone finding out what number puts them over the cap and offering that. Right? If it it's crazy, but you at least you put again them in that's going to be a bad team. That's good for sure. Yeah. <laughs> People are saying maybe Lou, maybe. Which well, there ahead. was that. Yeah, there go was, ahead and do it, Lou. Yeah, there yeah. was those tweets. There were those tweets out last week, Crazy right? Old man, yeah. <laughs> and he would do it. He just would absolutely speed. do it. Hundred percent. Absolutely, he would. Hundred percent. Do it to get back at Kyle Dubas. Anyway, <laughs> well, I feel like a mailbag. You guys feel like a mailbag? Let's do a mailbag. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, an excellent potpourri of topics we just hammered through. Potpourri, very nice. And now we're gonna open up a little more levity. We have some some light mailbag questions on the Ooh. way after this. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's mailbag time. We have great questions. And the first one is a follow-up to last week's episode. Hey, I love to see that. Wherein I made my stance that I don't believe that every fingerprint in the world is unique. One of my takes that is I no longer believe that every fingerprint in the world is different. That does not, that's not true. <laughs> that's something they tell you. They like, do all look, they look really bullshit, similar. Bullshit. Like, right? Like, bullshit. Every, there are billions of people yeah. in the world. Look at how big your thumb is. There's no way 
Yeah. There's, no. there's like you know what? 20 billion different. Is this our new like Gematria thing? 100%. Like, <laughs> fingerprints are actually the, not Because the, the thing that people equate it to is every snowflake is unique. Bullshit. No, it's not. Bullshit. That one is bullshit. That there's one is no absolutely way that's bullshit. True. I can see them. They look exactly the same. There's no way that's true. I just watched a documentary about that, actually. Huh. Now, Vox did a whole, uh, whole thing. Okay, well, I don't know if I can actually plug Vox. But anyway, uh, <laughs> they did a whole thing about fingerprints. And yeah, it's not as, they're not as unique as you yes. might think they there are. There you go. Yes. You did it. They Woo! Are, blew, they this, blew this puppy open. Vindicated. Because um, they, they, they've had cases where they've like, oh, yeah. Of course. Th- th- this looks like the same kind of etchings and patterns. And, How could not be? Yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, and that those those cases fall apart, you know, over actual verifiable verifiable science and time so the question is if fingerprints and snowflakes aren't unique is there anything in the world that actually is wow this show baby i've heard that the length of the bones in your hand is a very unique really just the well i got the short end of the stick there with the stumpy <laughs> fucking piece of shit just the, the different because there are so many bones in your hand right right well that, you know it's it's funny you can't see this because like everybody's got so like my family on my mom's side, everyone has a curvature in their pinky fingers. And everyone, if like everyone on my mom's side of the family, if you, if you hold up all their hands, their pinky fingers all turn inwards at the top. Huh. See this? See this? Yeah. Crazy. So maybe that is true. Maybe that's the thing. It's pretty. It's a crazy world out there, guys. Isn't it just? I think I've, I've heard bones in the hands. If anybody else has a thing that they know is fully unique. Yeah, I'd like to hear some of those. You have, have anything on top of your head? I don't know. No, I, I genuinely don't. It's a question for a science person. It is, not, which not I'm a, not. Not a sports <laughs> podcast. Uh, here's a good one. Uh, what's the best TV show theme? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of factors to that. Yeah, yeah but what John are we going for here? Like, that's anything it. Right? You want. Anything you want. Ooh. My pick is Cheers. Cheers is a classic, but because again, it's a that's singable. Like a, yeah, it's a singable song. And that, but then there's themes that just like suit the show. Like you could either sure. do like the Sopranos theme or the Six Feet Under theme, totally. which are very. I'm gonna stick with Cheers. Iconic. I, I, well, I think you know, Cheers checks all those boxes perfectly, as well as is a good song on its own merit. You know what? I'm going to go more recent, and I'm surprised I'm saying it, but the Game of Thrones theme I was just thinking is it. so iconic now, mm-hmm. and it very much, when that show came out, and it was a complete gamble, and no one knew what the hell it was going to be, except people who read the books, I guess, Sure, but for the unwashed masses like myself, that theme kicked in. You're like... Okay, I see what we're doing here. A little apart bit. from season eight, <laughs> well, yeah, but, but we are we're, we're all everybody in this room, apart from our good friend Dylan. We were all born in the eighties, correct? Correct. Yes. We grew up in a time of transcendent, agreed, actual songs, agreed. actual songs, and like, like I'm thinking about even like friends, like even the Ducktales theme, like yeah, was, oh, that's a like, great. Hear Sean wooing from the other room, <laughs> or like you know, come on, even like you know. Reboots or yeah, like so it's true. So there are like there's a plethora. It's, this is such a difficult. You're right. Such a difficult question. Ninja Turtles also iconic. Any I give credence to any song that wrote custom lyrics around the plot of the show. Oh, hundred like percent. Turtles. That, yeah. that goes a long <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Full House also was a contender. My my fiance brought up. That when song I, gets uh, when I pre-read this. I, uh, I always get a different song. I get uh, Family Matters probably. No, I get Family uh, Matters. Oh yeah, Together Again by Janet Jackson stuck in my head whenever I hear the Full House theme because mm. the lyrics are sort of a similar timber and kind of go into each other for me because my brain's. How insane. about Perfect Strangers? I don't know if I know. I don't the know the top of my head. I've, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to. I remember bits and parts of it, but. Yeah, the full TJ of Friday, ev- man. Every theme yeah. in that. You got to. Yeah. The everywhere. And then must see TV on Thursday. We all know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
What's the best Weird Al song? Ooh. <sighs> Amish Paradise was pretty good. Yeah, it was very good. Going, I'm going deeper. Going deep cut. I think Albuquerque is the best Weird Al song. Sean's mad about it. I can tell already. Just 12 minutes of ranting. Sean's going to yell at us yeah. uh, as soon as we get out of this. Sean has the hottest Weird Al takes. Sean, can you get on? What is your top Weird Al song? Because you're the you're the Weird Al guy. Yeah. You're basically weird, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I might I I still might go with Jurassic Park, like just because it was so iconic for the time. It's fair. It was uh, Alapalooza, great. Over something like like his like breaking like a Dare to Be Stupid level. Would you not? Go I was there? gonna go Dare to Be Stupid, but I don't know. Like, there's so many iconic songs I could go on about, but I think uh, Amish Paradise is my favorite. Hmm. I like once again that's the one that I do karaoke for. So I think it's the I do think I think Amish Paradise is sort of the like if someone's like play me a Weird Al song yes it would be Amish Paradise right um oh man uh the Michael Jackson one about Eat It Eat It was yeah. good too Eat It was good that's a classic like yeah this is Weird, Weird Al writ large props to Weird Al for not playing Michael Jackson songs live anymore the man has a code you got to give it to, you got to give Weird Al credit credit for that. There's a great Weird Al song on the album that came out a few years ago called Skipper Dan. It's one of his originals. Mm. It's just a very sad song about a man, and it's a little out of his wheelhouse, but it's he excellent. Goes, he goes deep, eh? Yeah, it's excellent. Wow. Okay, you have to choose one. Never going north of college or never going south of college. Now that I'm 30, <laughs> I would prefer to stay north, which is strange because I would have not gone north for years prior to that. Yeah, so this is difficult for me. I now live north of college, so... Mm. I, I live, feel like I have to pick one. I live south of college. I have grew up north of college, far north of college. Um, I'll go south of college because, you know, I, I know how to move around the city yeah, well. Yeah. And, better and looking I, than us. Are we including say. college? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. No, that's. You, sorry, can, I wasn't you can hang out on King Street. Not <laughs> yeah, that's different. <laughs> different shirts look good on you. Um, <laughs> Are we including college? I in think us? College Street. You can stay on the north side of College Street. So it's literally like just split college. Down the, middle. the the driving lane is the divide. Because here's the thing: south of college is most of things to do. Right. Not necessarily bars or restaurants, but sports stadiums, right. movie theaters. Right. Predominant. Not all of them, yeah. but predominantly a south of college feature. However, north of college is just nice. It's places wow. places to live or north. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. It gets more affordable the farther north you go on on that college. Too. Yeah. And also, if we're talking just like amount of things, there's a lot more to the north of college than the south of college just by geom or geography. Yeah, yeah. The United States is south of college. Technically. I also want to know too what's the parameter. Although this is not within like the, the context. Of, yeah, what's within the context of the question? I here, assume but. because it's Toronto, it's like Young Street to Ossington. Yeah, fair. It's just Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Why would you ever go yeah, west yeah, of Ossington? Yeah, yeah. Why would you really go east of Young? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I, I so I went to Ryerson. I went to Ryerson for my graduate degree, and I had friends around me who would stay in their square like three four blocks and refuse to move oh, I was north like, south east west wouldn't go i've i've lived in toronto for almost my entire life except when i went to university and i grew up in the east end and like whatever mm -hmm. and then i lived for years at queen dovercourt oh yeah and never left my neighborhood ever and i was like would never go north of you know college wouldn't go west of i guess lands down wouldn't go east of like ossington and now that I'm, I mean, I'm still downtown, but it's like, 
See, I grew up in oh. York region and I like loved walking everywhere. So like I'll, I'll go walk and like, I would tell my, what are you crazy? Like, I'll go, that would seem so claustrophobic for me, but I get it. I mean, you know, when you're on Roncesvalles, right? You live in Roncesvalles. I live, I live there for a year too. Yeah. So you, you don't want to, you don't want to move off Roncesvalles. I get Everything's it. so far. <laughs> like to point out, we are both south of college and east of young right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which sport is the most fun to play in a video game? Depends on the video game. It might. That's the whole. That's the whole question. But I mean, like, no, because like I would never play a football video game. But NFL Blitz is the best. Oh, NFL Blitz! So is your answer football? No, because John, I don't have the patience for football video games. I still think right. So this is that's basically. The I think I think I'm going soccer. I was gonna say it might be soccer, and I'm saying this because Sean can hear every word I'm saying. I love playing FIFA and destroying Tottenham because oh because Tottenham. Here we go. Thanks for nothing, Sean. Are Thanks you, for you, nothing. You're United boy, aren't you? I'm a. <laughs> we're not going to talk about. We're going to talk about the signings this year. We're not talk about that. I don't want to no? talk about it. We're smug now. We made one signing. We're like ah, <laughs> signings. I can't, I can't, I can't talk about it. <laughs> FIFA, great. I, th- I do beating think, Tottenham even better. I do think FIFA is the pinnacle of like it's it's the one that has made the transition to like modern video games where it's like it's still fun. Yeah, but the thing about FIFA that was so that they they, they would try and they still do again and again to complicate it. Like mm-hmm. I remember when you could do like the free kicks with like both toggle buttons on and I'm using the PS controller and like you could do a perfect like just a perfect in, in swinging kick and now it's like press this button and that button and Oh, then, I'm bad at it, but I still think it's fun. And and you know what? I I played it way too much in my mid 20s and I would go online and I'm much calmer now that I don't do that anymore because I'm not getting my <laughs> ass handed to me by 11-year-olds from like Los Angeles like and just screaming obscenities at me through my TV. I feel like we need like some fringe sport video games to like I think those would be fun. Like give me a European handball video game. I feel like that'd be a fucking oh, yeah. blast. Water polo. Yeah, like I could see that being fun. How about actual polo? Like on a horse? Actual polo, polo? yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Get back on the rails here. Polo 2017. Um, what year is it? I don't know. Uh boy. Here's a really deep question about the Tour de France. Oh, this is from Aaron for would, sure. Would you wear a green sprinter jersey or a polka dot climber jersey? I'd be a climber. What is the color of the jersey for the person who doesn't know how to ride a bike? Because that's the one I will be wearing. Audience member? They're usually the ones on the road throwing flags and running onto the that's, road. Yeah. That's probably me. And drinking. Um, yeah, I think I go polka dot too. I think I because like, yeah, a climber. I'm not a sprinter. There's no way because yeah, and, and those Look at sprint- these glutes. That's a climbing glutes. <laughs> Amen to that, buddy. Um, <laughs> Hockey butts. Uh, I could have do because you know those sprinters. Once they get to the mountain, they're screwed. Yeah. I, I'm afraid to go fast, so I don't ride. A, I have no answer to this. I don't ride a bike. I have no idea. Probably um, neither, but maybe a climber. I don't know. It's the best giveaway you've ever received from a sporting event. Ooh. I, when I was 10, I put my name in a drum at a game at Skydome and won tickets to the 1998 World Series in San Diego. Holy cow. Whoa. That is my, I'll never top it. I'll never even come close to top it. Because I don't think the Padres will get back into the well, World Series. Well, that either, but I'll never win anything like that again in my life. Wow. That'll be mine. Holy cow. Yeah. Saw games three and four. Forget mine. I got nothing. I got like a free ball compared mine, to that. I know. It's, sure. saying, it's great. Like mine hasn't happened yet because every year during the Grey Cup, I always put in for the 50-50. And, and here's the thing. Whatever you might think about the CFL 364 days of the year, the Grey Cup, the 50-50 draws are close to over a million, a million dollars. Really? So 
when I win that one and I'm going to spend, <laughs> and usually it's in the Western provinces, like Alberta, when? like Alberta, and I, I will literally put down hundreds just to get all those numbers so I can. That's a good one. The 50-50 is the dream, right? You just yes, end up in a game and it's like, I win money just by being here. $40,000 for nothing. Yeah. yeah. What's the optimal time to get to the airport before a flight? But this, but here, is this with status or without status? I think I'm going to go without. Okay. Yeah. For everybody, every other person, I'm going to go with without. Okay. Depends uh, where you're going. A domestic flight, like an hour and a half. For me, I need to get there early because I need to have a few drinks with me because I hate flying so much. Really? Yeah. I, I just... It's developed over time. I didn't used to when I was a kid. I don't know what it is. There hasn't been like an incident to cause it. I just fucking hate it. And I just need to get like three or four beers in me before I get I fly. I fly too much. And I, my girlfriend also flies way too much. And we kind of have a system where it's like she gets there super early. And I'm always the one who's just like sliding in just right on time. You got status. But, but no, but even <laughs> but like, but if I didn't, I probably would would continue that terrible terrible mm. trend of just like okay well you know for you know international flights you have to have your bags in like one second to an hour before or you're or you're yeah. screwed and i think it's 45 minutes for domestic so i'd be the guy just in the line like right at 45 minutes just saddling in just going here's my bag right it's yeah. honestly and i would get burned a ton other than one trip uh like two and a half years ago it's been so long since i've i've flown anything but porter yeah and so i'm just used to that like yeah porter's get to the lounge have a beer get on the plane porter's nice uh, i thought it was kind of a bit of a puddle hopper and yeah yeah and you don't you don't do customs on this side yeah exactly uh for pearson i'm like two hours two and a half hours maybe three depending yeah. on where i'm going uh, 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 uh which team has the most punchable fans <laughs> oh boy if you're doing multiple sports pick multiple cities oh boston writ large boston for sure the okay. end I'm going to say it because I'm a New York Jets fan. New York Jets fans. <laughs> I have yeah. been. I have been to. I have. I have been to New Jersey and the Meadowlands to watch several New York, and I've been to Buffalo to watch them play the New York Jets. And by far, Jet, I walk around with Jets fans, and I'm like, "When did I pick this team?" <laughs> I mean, this- let's be honest. Like a lot of Toronto Maple fans are on there. Maple yeah, Maple Leafs are definitely, are definitely up there. Mitch Marner thing is. All the worst nightmares about the fan base come true. Yeah. Uh, okay. If we're going overall, yeah. it has to be Boston. We have one last one. Speaking of hating or liking teams. Yes. The U.S. Women's National Team, the World Cup champions. Are they likable or hateable? I think they're kind of likable. Yeah, I know. They make all the right people angry. Yes. They back up all their talk. It's one of those ones where it, you pick a side and you look at who's on your side and you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But they back it up. Yeah. Uh-huh. If, they, if they were these brash talking, they crashed out against France. It'd be like, okay, fine. But I, I, here's a thought. This is the, this is going to lead into my answer. Imagine if Christine Sinclair played on the the American women's team. How yeah. many goals she would have? Yeah. Like, and and this is my this is what always will disappoint me. The Americans talk a big game. They back it up. They want you to hate them, and they play with such passion, and they mentally are always locked in. And our team has yet to do that. And that's why I, when I was working for a newspaper during the last Women's World Cup, I wanted to, or two World, two World Cups ago, Abby Wambach was my girl. Like mm-hmm. the, she'd walk into any situation. Yeah, I'm going to score on you. Who cares? Like, and, and, and so, you know, I mean, some of the, you know, the celebrations were excessive for, you know, scoring 13 on Thailand and sure, you know, maybe a pinky up 
you know, was that was it? that was That's pretty awesome. Been, that but, was great. That is, but, again, look who it made angry. Again, it's like, oh, Piers Morgan got pissed off. Maybe it's a good thing. But the point is, they they come out and they they tell you they're going to kick your ass. Yep. And then they kick your ass. Yeah. And you can do nothing but respect a team like. Here's that. the thing: when you win back to back World Cups, you can kind of say whatever you want. Hundred percent. Yeah, it won't catch me bad enough than Megan Rapinoe. No. She's awesome. She'd come to my husband and insult me in my face. Absolutely. Like, well, and she would. And you'd be like, thank you. I was wrong. Fair. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, that's it. We have one last thing to do, and that is to dig up the deepest, darkest, sad, not sad. Coming up after this. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're back. One last thing to do. It's the flagship part of the show. Available for purchase. Sad Not Sad is here. <laughs> uh, Matt, you were really excited, so we're going to let you go first. Are you sad or not sad? I am not sad. And why is that? Because Drag Race is coming to Canada. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like, I have... I, 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 so my girlfriend and I will sit and just devour episodes yes. oh, on yeah. Netflix. Oh, and, yeah. And I'm she's... She's going to be upset that I said this, but my girlfriend gets so invested into it. And just like the characters. Oh, man. Like it's the best. And 100%. Like, Absolutely. And, and me, I'm shouting at like when at, at elimination. Absolutely. I, I know Zoobs isn't You're finished among yet. You're friends. But like Don't we, worry. The last season, uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but like, no, it was uh, in All-Stars 4. And I, I won't do spoilers, but we got home from the bar and watched one of the episodes and we were like on our feet like hands around head like you'd watch a basketball game like just like tense and wait it's the best it's the best the I season nine finale is still one of my my favorite my, my oh, favorite like that that the, 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 the lip sync you're mid yeah but oh it's the best the, 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 i know exactly the, what you're the, the, talking the, about. the lip sync is just yeah. like it's it's incredible yeah i mean that's that's what the show is all about it is yeah I'm, i can't i'm excited for the uk one i'm excited for the canon one give me all of it just give me all of it so it's it's and you know what you know the great thing about drag race is that it speaks to even though you think it's one particular set it no it speaks to everybody like Absolutely you can, everybody yeah. everybody can get behind it and it's great because of all and I was just actually saying this to my girlfriend last night of all of the reality shows this one actually has like a sub- substantial payoff like 100% you, yes. you, you you actually get to learn and understand and appreciate the psychology of people from different situations and different backgrounds and still be able to laugh at them being catty at each other, still be able to go ahead and, and get upset at characters who like clearly, again, as the question has always been throughout the show, if you do not know how to sew, how are you on this <laughs> yeah. show? First, first episode of every season. <laughs> what? Yeah. And like, I agree there. I think there's obviously there are things about that show probably that are not for me to say or comment on or know, which is fine, but it does create understanding and education and all that and it's great and there and there's a whole generation of young boys and young people in the lgbtq2 plus community you know people want to go ahead and and they strive to be in sports or they strive to be in certain areas of life now people can strive to be on a show like this and there's actual like there's a there's a great redemptive and there's a great 
payoff quality to it that that is makes it just an awesome show. Absolutely. Do you gravitate towards pageant girls or comedy queens? Oh, comedy queens, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very hard to be a comedy queen. It's it's I think well it's, let's be clear. It's, all very, hard it's to be all very hard. It's all very hard. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head. Who won season six? Who was it? Uh, oh, Bianca. Bianca, Bianca real. Oh. She would just and what was great is that there were so many layers to her story. Like you just thought that Straight. she was a like a, a jerk. Yeah. And then the way that you know he was mentoring other other queens around him was just at the end it was like that's that's yeah. I think that was my favorite season so far. It's I think because it's, the, it's up there. There was the perfect amount of of shit talk and then genuine connection between the queens where and they the were like quali- helping each other. And like the top were like very good. Excellent top three. Uh, anyway, great, great, great answer, Matt. Yes. Jake, are you sad slash not sad? I'm not sad. Uh, I've been trying to not bite my nails for the last few hey. years for some of my life. I bit my na- I've bitten my nails since I was zero years old, I guess. And it's going okay. I've learned that when you bite your nails for 30 years uh, and they grow, they're weak as shit. Huh. And so they crack at... I was playing softball last night and like threw a ball and it kind of hit my nail and it fucking broke. But it's like... You have the Aaron Sanchez. I, say, I do, yeah. This time you insult Aaron Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But yeah, it's uh, it's a work in progress and they look stupid right now because like the non-cuticle part of the nail has to actually grow. But I'm like, I've been able to stick with it for a couple weeks and, you know, it's not quite like quitting smoking, but it is a habit. And so I'm, I'm on the way, I think, maybe. Or in like a week, I'll watch a movie that's tense and bite them off and then it doesn't matter. Beautiful. Willpower. Come on now. You can do it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, boy, I feel like I, I tough fact to follow. I'm not yeah. sad. Just a general. It felt like getting that Kawhi news out of the way, even though it didn't break the Raptors way. It really felt like there was a tension that everyone is like released from now. <laughs> yeah. I was at, I was at a friend's birthday yeah. on Friday, just like checking. The last friend. week was absurd. It was just like yeah. it, it was I was. Aware it was that absurd I was, for you. I had to sit outside yeah. a hotel for eight hours. I, I can only imagine. Like it was truly the most absurd thing I've ever seen this city and country get involved in in sports. Yeah, which is saying which is saying something, lot. right? We've seen some absurd stuff, but it was like there was a point where I was like, okay, I don't care where he signs. Just just end this. This is a, this is too much, uh, and it's over. And you know, it feels like summer is finally here. I feel like I like can you go can, outside like, enjoy, and like not yeah. have to worry about news break, massive news breaking constantly. anytime. Yeah. And of course it fucking breaks at 3 a.m. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's over now. Woj bombs. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, the trade happened at four, so. Yeah, man. Paul George too. Crazy. Still NBA champions. Crazy. Anyway, Raptors are champions. You're, you're defending reigning NBA champions in front of Raptors. That is it for the show. Matt, thank you very much, very much for coming yeah, in. That was Thanks, boys. This was awesome. Fun. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk about Raptors, Leafs, All Star, maybe, maybe Drag Race. Obviously, Drag Race. Obviously, Drag Race. Because you, you see that walk. We will have Drag Race next week because you're still going. I'll be it. almost done. Right. That's right. I'll be almost caught up because I, in a week, I've watched seven seasons. Yeah, you'll be done by next week. <laughs> Matt, thank you again for coming in. Follow me on boys. Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, Dylan, Clay, and Sean. Everyone involved. Yeah. He told, Clay produced this. He put his own Clay. Thank you to me at the, at the bottom. He says, "Oh, and thank. That's right. Well, that's nice. Thank you, Dylan, especially. Yes, always. Dylan Thanks, Dylan, for actually doing work. And thank you all very much for <laughs> listening to Sportsfeld. Sportsfeld. <laughs>